0: And so, with the cup held high, the leave Croke Park, All Ireland football champion for 1949. All oh, beautiful me. You got all that I need. <laughs> Dimpsey hits Darren fair Anthony Finity comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Column Coyle hit Infinity.
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the We Are Need podcast with Davy Reston and Mickey Brennan. Um, Davy, I suppose uh, All Ireland semi-final weekend, and it went to script Dublin and Mayo through to another All Ireland final, and uh, you know it's it's a, it's an All Ireland final to look forward to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I I still can't. I know people are saying in the in the year of years and everything like that that Mayo probably have a great chance and everything like that. I do think they have the forwards to do it, but I, I really thought defensively um, yeah. today against Tipperary, I thought if if Tipperary were a little bit better defensively themselves, they, they, they could have even won the game. And if they were a little bit more clinical themselves, like the carved Mayo out seven or eight times, Mickey, they literally mm-hmm. ran through them. And just with better quality opposition and with, with more clinical set of forwards like the dubs, I think they'll be punished, but um, it, it's very difficult to see because we were just talking off air about your own cabin, you know, last night against the Dubs and, um, you know, how how spirited, I suppose, they were particularly in the first half, you know, and um, for large spells, for the first, definitely for the first 15 or 20 minutes, there was nothing in the game and they brought a great intensity to it but then, you know, the the air of inevitability about it in the second half that Dublin were always going to just pull away and and that's exactly what you did and I know you've spoken to a number of the players and they they spoke about the fitness and the, the machine that is Dublin Mickey,
1: yeah absolutely and uh, you know I'm in a unique position that I've got two counties not many many people can can uh, can 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 shout that out from the top of the the rooftops but uh, yeah I'm lucky I can I can follow two counties but unfortunately both of my counties Meath and Dublin. Uh, did take sucker punches from Dublin this year. Um, But, yeah, look, I spoke to a few of the players after the game and, you know, we're all very proud of them. Um, You know, they they put in a huge effort and they never give up from from minute one. They were very disappointed with the first half display. While they were in the game, they coughed up too many unforced errors and Dublin punished them um, with the unforced errors. They got four points from ball being given away by the, the calvin players so you know they were disappointed about that and then they did have four very very you know scorable chances that they that, that they put wide and you know as we've seen with Mead you know when you come up against Dublin you have to take your chances because mm. if you go in at half time ahead of Dublin that's when you might see them wobble a little bit because you're still in the game if they go in four or five points up against you they're like right lads let's push this on in the second half so it is it's a uh, you know there's a big talk about how, how professional this Dublin outfit is and everybody else is amateur or semi-professional compared to them. And there is, there is a lot of truth in that, I believe. Um, and, you know, it is something that's going to have to be looked at. But it's not a case that we try and bring Dublin back down to the chasing pack. It's how we fix it and how we bring everybody else up to Dublin's level. And bring the chase and pack up to Dublin's level. Do you know that kind of way? Like instead of instead of trying to drag them down, they've set the bar so high that everybody else has to be helped up to that level.
0: Yeah, and and like, look, I suppose that the, the Cavan and Tipperary stories, particularly in their own provinces, were a real breath of fresh air. I think. Maybe from a Mead standpoint, it probably opens people's eyes to it being a bigger problem than just Leinster. Because I know in the last couple of weeks, Mickey, there's been a lot of talk after our beating at the hands of Dublin that oh, Leinster is this and Leinster is that. It's, it's a bigger thing than that, you know, and it's a countrywide. When you see the Ulster champions and the Munster champions, fair enough, it's not Donegal and it's not Kerry yet. They were the teams that bet the likes of Donegal down Cork, who were the conquerors of Kerry. So you have to take that in its merits and you have to look at the, the margins of the defeats. Fair enough. It was division one versus division three in both scenarios, but there's a wider problem there. And as many people have said, it's sort of the, the horse has sort of already bolted. So it's how yeah. they try and arrest that. I'm not sure what the answer is. I don't buy into the split in the two because to me, if I was an avid Dublin man, or if this was happening in me, if me, they were dominating and going for six in a row. And there was talk about our county being split, like it'd be a complete disaster as a mead supporter, as I'm sure it would be for a dub supporter. So I don't think that's the answer either. But um, there's, there's no doubt about it, Mickey, the need to get the and pack up to the level or get them somewhere close to the level of Dublin or else it'll just continue to get wider and wider, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a topic that
1: I'm sure will be talked about for plenty of days and months and maybe even years to come because it doesn't look like Dublin's hunger is getting any less and they're going to be hungry for more All-Irelands if they can get over Mayo this year, which the bookies have them in as uh, odds-on favourites to win that one. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But, you know, me and you talking about it here on the We Are Me podcast, we're not going to sort it. Um, (laughs) That's for sure. Oh well, you never know. Yeah, they could they could listen to the podcast and say, "Do you know what those lads have a point of, uh, about that?" Um, I suppose when you got your dig in at me, I may as well get a dig in at you. Um, uh, Arsenal sitting fifteenth in the Premier League table. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts? Oh
0: Jesus, <laughs> uh, it's just horrendous. It's absolutely shocking at the minute. Like, I it's just feel
1: that, yeah. It's just a few weeks ago. I remember sitting here and. Um, uh, you know, you, you 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 were talking about how uh, your are massive win over Manchester United in Old Trafford, the first in I don't know about three thousand years or something, and because uh, yeah, like we're going to go on and win the league. Um, yeah, what happened? That. What happened in the last three weeks, Davey?
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. They're they're just not creating any chances. It's very frustrating to watch. I actually I I don't look forward to watching them at, at all because I don't have any belief that they're even going to score a goal, let alone get a result or get a win. And when Tottenham are doing that to you. Um, you know, that's the eternal kick in the bollocks So, um, look, I think we'll move on Because I don't want to be in any worse form Than I probably already am
1: are you sure, though? Because, like, you know, it's, it's rare that I get digs in it. you. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is the GEA podcast. It is the We Are Me GEA podcast. And uh, on this week's episode, we're just going to go through some fixtures. We'll be going to the managerial merry-go-round. Uh, we'll be going to the Club Lottos roundup as well. And uh, we'll be talking, we'll obviously be going to our Instagram interactive, as we always do. Um, but, uh, Davy, two weeks' time, Sunday the 20th of December, we do have... One of our meet teams in an All-Ireland final, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's the ladies, and they're going to be taking on Westmead in the Intermediate uh, All-Ireland Intermediate uh, final. And uh, we will be previewing this next week. But, you know, the excitement is building already.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. It really is. And uh, it's another big kind of lead-in time again, three weeks. But like we said on last week's podcast, there is a few knocks and niggles in that. And I think it'll actually... a bit of a benefit to the girls to maybe get the three weeks and and get their preparation fine tuned and uh, look at you got to look at Westmead yourself on the TV last week Mickey I think they're a decent side but I don't think there's anything for me to really fear particularly after the nature of the performance last week against Clare so um, you know fingers crossed they they go into it with a clean bill of health and back in Crow Park you'd imagine our third consecutive appearance on on All-Ireland final day will probably stand to the girls a lot of the girls will have played in those two finals and gained a huge amount of experience as a result of that. Fair enough, it's going to be a completely different atmosphere and environment this time around, but there's, there's no mistaking it. Um, I'm probably throwing it back to the old, to the Dublin and Mayo sort of thing in the, in the lads' football as well. You, you just can't beat that probably match sharpness in Crow Park because it is a completely different surface to anything else really that, that's around in the country.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a fantastic service and we do wish the ladies the very best of luck. We will be previewing that next week and hopefully we might even get a couple of interviews um, uh, before uh, their All-Ireland uh, final destiny day with uh, Westmead. Um, Davy, we, we have more football to look forward to. We thought that that was going to be it for the year but thanks to be, thanks be to God the GAA have come out and uh, they're allowing the minor hurling and footballers to um, the county teams to finish off their their championships. So on Saturday, this Saturday at 12.30, I think it's in Park Talton, it is uh, the Mead minor footballers, the Leinster quarterfinal against West Mead. And, uh, you know, that's one that we are really looking forward to.
0: Yeah, it's great. I mean, we had such go- good momentum and and a feel good factor and a great buzz after that Dublin game and, and that resounding victory in Park Tolton, which feels like ages ago now, I suppose, because probably because it was ages ago. Um, but, but I know the guys have been you know working hard in the background and doing what they can uh, individually and collectively in the last couple of weeks as well since training resumed. So they've they've been ready for this whenever it was coming along. I think there was rumours about this the the twelfth for a long time now, and it's great that it's coming to pass. I'm sure John McCarthy and the lads are you know fully fully prepared and looking forward to the challenge that's going to be brought by Westmead next Saturday in in Park Talton. But we've spoken about it again off air, Mickey. It's a really uh, it's going to be completely streamlined. At the end of the competition, you're going to have quarterfinal, semi-final, final, All Ireland semi-final, All Ireland final in the next five weeks. So, um, it's going to be it's going to be extreme, and it's going to be week on week from here on in. But uh, they won't be looking past Westmead next Saturday in Navan.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure you know. While it's going to be week on week, and um, that's not going to bother them. They're just going to be delighted to be out playing. And, and we wish John McCarthy and all his management team and this group of players the very best of luck in the Leinster quarterfinal on Saturday, 12.30 in Park Tauchin against West Mead. And uh, we hope they can make it through to that semi final On Sunday, the minor hurlers are out against Wicklow and that's in the Pader Lahan Cup. That game is in Ockram on Sunday at 12.30 as well. And this is a particularly good um, Mead hurling team. And you know they'll be going in the strong favourites to beat Wicklow on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I think so, Mickey. They've uh, again similar to the footballers; they probably haven't got the chance to go out and and play a game as of yet. But I know prior to the second lockdown, they were flat out training and really looking forward to the year ahead. And uh, they're in a they're in a group or they're in a grade where they would be expected to probably go on and win it and and favourites and everything like that. But again, it is Wicklow and it is in that. The, the fortress that we have to talk about in Akram and uh, probably not the most pleasant of places to be this time of year, but I'm sure they'll go up there with, with huge confidence that they can go up and get a result and, and kick on for the rest of the competition.
1: Yeah, we wish them and their management team the very best of luck when they go down to Ockham on Sunday and uh, hopefully they can uh, get that win over Wicklow in the Paddleham Cup. Uh, Davey, moving on, um, that's that's all the football uh, that we have at the minute and it's great to be able to look forward to the ladies. I'm sure most of these games will be um, going out live on LMFM or check me, GA, Twitter if you can't get to LMFM. Um, and I'm sure The Chronicle as well will be uh, tweeting about them Davey if we can get any of those games we'll tweet about them as well if they're not on the radio or whatever so you know um, they, like, just stay everybody stay tuned to all these, all the different social medias and all the different media outlets and I'm sure you'll be able to get coverage of these games and it's great because we do need something at this time of the year after everything that's happened this year to, to look forward to so um, yeah get get behind these lads wherever we can don't let winter take hold of your garden. Blow away those pesky leaves with Husqvarna blowers and keep that lawn in tip-top shape all year with Husqvarna Automower. Don't stop there, the neighbours are now looking. Keep those hedges low with a Husqvarna hedge trimmer. Watch your neighbours turn green with envy as you keep your garden looking immaculate all year round. P.R. and Sons, your local Husqvarna dealer, have the full Husqvarna range of garden products. Visit us in-store at Clonard County Meath or call us on 046-955-1910. Davey, moving on, uh, the managerial merry-go-round. Have you heard anything in the recent days about what's happening with clubs and teams? No,
0: I, I haven't heard that. And uh, further to, to what we had last week. I know there is still a number of vacancies in different clubs. Uh, I actually can confirm, I don't know if this is news really or anything, but the, the bronze is Davy Wright, will be staying put in St. Michael's for another year. I don't know if that's a little bit of news. So he's going to go in for his third uh, third year in charge there. Obviously, they had a good year this year, so it's probably not big news. Um, but there is a couple of other clubs obviously still looking. The likes of Kilbride, uh, St. Vincent's we know have been looking for a manager. Um, Drumbarra, I, I I don't know what the latest is there. That's one that's been rumbling on for a number of months now. Um, and there's been talk that, that possibly the old manager may yet be retained or they may look to go elsewhere. Who who knows what's going to happen there? But I think the vast majority of of clubs at this stage are are fairly set. Um, but there's no real guidance on when the season is going to start or anything
1: like that. So probably early days in those in those scenarios. Yeah, there's a, it does look like there is plenty of time. But I have a little bit of news there. Jody Devine and Keelan Milanov, who have been um rumored to be uh, in for loads of different teams around me, they were supposedly um you know looked at by Trim, Castle Town. Um, and uh, a number of other teams in Mead. They're actually staying in Cavan, and they have gone to the senior team of Killy Gary, um, a team that is full of full of potential and uh, it has six county uh, m- uh, county team members at the moment on from from that club. So um, Jody Devine, who we all thought was coming back to Mead, with Keelan Milanov to, to train a couple of teams, well, to train a team, but he was rumoured to be uh, um, going to a number of different teams. He is not coming back to uh, to the mid club scene. So that's one there. Um, I haven't heard anything else at the moment, anything that's that's relevant, So, um, but we will keep an eye out on that and we will let everybody know as we hear them. Davey, the club lotto's roundup. Um you have a list of the clubs that we are supporting at the moment. And as we said, if we're not supporting you, let us know. Get in contact with us. Um, and if, you're, um, if your club lotto has been cancelled for a number of times but is coming back, uh, let us know and we will start to support it because that's what we're here for, to help the clubs.
0: So Dunham Ashburn and my thanks again to all the PROs for their information on this. Dunham Ashburn first up and their lotto takes place every Sunday night, nearly right on the minute that we're actually recording this, Mickey, at eight o'clock every Sunday. Um, And this week's lotto is 6,600 and you can play that on their club website. Uh, The Dunjocklin and Royal Gales draw happens every Monday night at half eight live on Facebook. Um, no jackpot winner of uh, of their big jackpot last week of thirteen thousand. They have a reserve jackpot of five thousand eight hundred in the background, building up two hundred euro is added to that each week, and you can play that one on Club Force. Um, Drumbara every Monday night at nine o'clock live on Drums TV, and this week's jackpot is going to be two thousand one hundred. Slane, five thousand jackpot, not one. Next Tuesday's jackpot rolls over to a massive five thousand and twenty five. Uh, a lovely sum of money before Christmas, they had. Um, Oldcastle GFC, <laughs> uh, their, their plateau uh, tonight, which was, what day was this? The second, bear with me, Mickey, which was, I think, Wednesday night, uh, is 10,000. Um, still running, so you can play that one at oldcastlegfc.com. Black Hole Gales happens every second Monday, 3,400. Kill Skier, uh, 10 grand on the nose every Tuesday, sorry, every second Tuesday. Their next one happens on the 8th, which is this Tuesday coming, and then they'll have one after that, two weeks. St. Peter's the Bain, it's another big one, 11,800 uh, every Sunday night, and they give away three 50-euro prizes each week. Longwood GAA is only back. I think recently theirs is at 7,600. Their next one takes place Monday, which is tomorrow on the 7th at 9 p.m. Gail Cullum-Kill and Kells, their, their next week's jackpot is 10,800. Um, very nice one there, in Kells as well. Uh, Corton's my own Corton is hits nine grand this Woo!
1: Woo!
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and you can play that one at Corto GFC. Um, and you can watch it every Friday night at 10 pm live on Facebook. We're giving away 100 euro in prize money. We give away a Hogan's <laughs> voucher to the value of 50 euro, and we're also giving away three. Christmas raffle draw tickets every single week. So serious prizes there in the court and one for people. Unbelievable, unbelievable. unbelievable, Jeff. Uh, Kilmainham's is next, 3,500. Monday at se- Monday at 10 p.m. live on Facebook. Screen, 10 grand as well. Their draw takes place on Sundays. Their next one is happening tonight on the 6th of December. Navin O'Mahony's, 12,300. Another tasty one there in Navin. Uh, theirs happens every Tuesday at 9 p.m. They also have launched a lot of syndicate, Mickey, um, for the Euro Million. So they've invited anyone to join. Anyone is free to join from outside the club as well. And um, So we'll give that a shout. From Condra GFC, their next jackpot is 6,500. Happens every single Tuesday night. And their drive-in bingo has also resumed every Saturday evening at half six at the club. So that's, uh, that's a good one too for people, maybe just to, to kill a bit of time on a Saturday evening if you're not up to too much. Check! Um, check to uh, Sadie's <laughs> uh, 10 grand as well on the on the button and theirs happens every Saturday Clannard's three and a half thousand happens every Monday night at eight Menalvi GFC 10,000 every Monday night and the last one but by no means least and the biggest we have currently in County Mead is menalty and it's rolled on to Fourteen thousand four hundred, and that takes place tonight at nine p.m. Wow, what a jackpot that'd be! I would love it.
1: I would love it. it. I would here. love it if we. I would love it if we beat it and won it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and again, just to support any of these clubs, the club lottos, uh, You can go onto the club social media or onto their club websites, and you'll find the links in there. And uh, if you can look, if you're not in, you can't win, and that's just the way it is. So, um, it'll only cost you two euro and ten cent. To do any of those lotto's just once, so um, yeah, um, get on and support all the local clubs, and you never know—you could be picking up fourteen thousand two hundred euro, and, uh, and just before Christmas, it'd be nice, wouldn't it, Davy? Hey, it'd be lovely, Becky. <laughs> <Mickey. laughs> uh, Davy, we mentioned it last week on the podcast about convention, and we 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 named all the people that are going for convention. But it's that time of the year again—all the club AGMs. Are taking place, and I've seen that a few of them are uh, taken to Zoom to mm-hmm. doing their club AGMs. Obviously, you have to improvise and uh, adapt and do it some way. So uh, there'll be very different AGMs this year. People will be roaring from the background, and you won't even know it.
0: Yeah, like, could you imagine all the old is going on Zoom as well, you know, because that's generally what the AGMs are made up of. Definitely in a rural club, I'm sure town teams are probably similar as well. But yeah, exactly as you say, Mickey, t- clubs are just going to have to improvise. You'll find there won't be too much fluctuation in positions, I would suggest, in clubs and county, as we've probably seen by the nominations for convention as well. Um, but it is, yeah, it is very different, but fair play to the clubs for, I suppose, taking on board and embracing the technology.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just before we move on to Instagram Interactive, Davey, I saw today that Andy McIntyre is going to be on uh, on uh, the Sunday game tonight with, I think it's Ger Gilroy, is it? Yeah, it is indeed. Paul Gilroy. Or Paul Gilroy, Paul Gilroy, yeah. And they're going on to uh, talk about basically what we were talking about at the start of the the podcast, talking about uh, what we do to bring Dublin back to, to the chasing pack.
0: Yeah, because I suppose it was interesting after the Leinster final. Obviously, Andy wasn't in a great form to to talk about kind of where Dublin were at and where things were going and all. But he's he's obviously had a number of weeks now to reflect on and probably seen, you know, what we've already said as as probably happened to Carvin there at the weekend as well. So it'll be very interesting to hear Andy's perspective on it. And obviously, Paul Gilroy, um, he he probably started this Dublin juggernaut way back in what was the twenty ten, Mickey, when he was over the Dubs. And um, when I suppose Mead bet them for the last time in the championship, but they were last bet in the Leinster championship. Um, you know, he put a number of proposals and plans in place. So I think he was the man who probably owns it single handedly, but he had a huge contribution in, in where Dublin ultimately got to, I suppose, today.
1: Yeah, I think I think that all started a few years before that, even would you believe? I think this is about the 17th or 18th year um, of of the development that started that Dublin had put the plan in place and maybe around 2010, they altered it again and they've got it to a stage where, you know, there's, there's all this thing about the Bertie money, like the, the, uh, when Bertie Ahern was in power, that he he signed an agreement that the uh, Dublin GA would get an X amount of money every year and stuff. So this has been going on a long time. I heard yesterday they were talking about it on the radio as well, about the GDAs. Is it the GDA? Yep. Uh, yeah, Our yeah, or GDOs. Officers, yeah. yeah, GDOs. Um, that in Dublin there was something like eighty eight, and in Cork there was only six, mm. and you know, and that's been going on for a number. It, it, it just it it just doesn't make sense. And I suppose every um every uh provincial uh committee um I, I should be you know looking into this and doing their own work on it. But I suppose we just need crow park. And the the whole top table to come together and and, and put a plan in place to, to sort the whole thing out. But it will be very interesting to see what Andy McEntee has to say on the Sunday game tonight. David, we'll go on now to Instagram before we finish up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mick Reese McGuire is first up, and he says Mick Lines was one Hardy. See you next Tuesday.
1: Uh, well, he was like like you know. I'd still i I'd, I'd still say that if you put Mick Lines in at fullback on on a on a club team, in me that he'd do a job.
0: Yeah, he'd he'd probably just scare the shite out of defenders without having to actually do anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, would you would you try to go past him with the ball?
0: Uh, <laughs> I would not. I'd keep my distance. Uh, next one is for Peter Duffy, and he says, "Get McStay off commentary for F's sake." And Kevin McStay, you wouldn't have heard it, Mickey, but he was a co-commentator on the Cavan and Dublin game last night.
1: Right. And look, we've had we've had a lot of complaints in here to the board um over the last number of weeks about McStay's uh, commentary on, on the different games. And I, I just have to put it out there, we actually have nothing to do with it. We don't choose yep. the commentators. We can't do it. We we can't get rid of them, so we can't. Uh, Peter Duffy, like I, I know you, you think that we 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 are the all-powerful myself and Davey, but You know, I I hate breaking it to you. We're not.
0: (laughs) Dara C says, Dublin for 45 in a row.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I was saying earlier on, you know, like uh, we could be looking at a 10 in a row or, you know, maybe even a 13 or 14 out of 15 or something like Mm. that. Like, that's how strong they are. You know, they were saying that, you know, as soon as Kilkenny and Fenton and... um, Who was the last one? There was another player as soon... Rock, as soon as they as soon as they retire, Dublin will be in trouble. I don't think so. Um, you know, there's there's just a conveyor belt of the of, of players being brought through. And you look like Howard came on yesterday, Manion, um, uh, McPhilly McMahon. Yeah, they've just a a multitude of players to to come in and out of that team at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I'm I was just looking at their their last eight All Ireland uh, senior football championship finals. Uh, the average winning margin on the route to each final, say, since since they've done it. And it's just got bigger and bigger year in, year out. I suppose they had a dip in 2016. It was down to 8.6. But this year, up to the final, it's gone up to 17.5 points. That's their average winning margin up to all Ireland yeah. final. And, uh, you know, it, it probably just backs up your point, Mickey. Um, the average winning margin in the last seven finals is 2.1 points, which I suppose suggest that when they get to the final, they do tend to be a lot tighter affairs, but up to that, they're not really tested.
1: Yeah, it's funny because um, uh, the 1979 All-Ireland that Kerry won, uh, this will not be the easiest. If if Dublin were to win by 16 points in the final, this would not be the easiest All-Ireland final ever won because Kerry won on an average of 18 points per game and even the final... They won by 17, I think it was, in 1979. So, you know, there is that as well. Like, you know, we could be making a mountain out of a Mohill, but, you know, when it's constantly happening with Dublin, that's the worrying thing.
0: Yeah Robert Perfield uh, says minor team to keep us going over christmas with a emojis of a christmas tree a Santee and a present great to see <laughs>
1: Yeah absolutely look they will and right leading up leading us up to christmas will be the ladies in that all ireland final. so that'll bring us up to christmas and hopefully the minors and the minor hurlers will get through to the next stages of their uh, respective competitions and and fingers crossed you know that the the, the minor footballers get over Westmead and bring us right through till January and early February when the All-Ireland final will be on. Well, I think there's a
0: prospect that on Christmas week, on the 19th and 20th, that weekend, the weekend before Christmas, we could have the minor footballers and hurlers both in action as well as the, the Mead ladies in the All-Ireland final, like incredible stuff, you know?
1: Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
0: Um, Next one is from Mark Kavanagh, and he says, Danny Quinn all loved up in Waterford.
1: Oh, rumours, rumours, rumours. Um, does he know that he's not supposed to be traveling outside of his county at the moment? Hmm. That's not lifted, no. No, 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 not, not Level until three, the 18th. You still can't leave me. Yeah, you still can't leave your own county. So, up until December the 18th, he's not supposed to be doing that. Look, I'd be ringing the guards. That's what I'd be doing on Danny Green at the minute. Well, well, what what technically is his county, Mickey? Because he's from Ballinabracky, oh. so
0: I I suppose he could claim that he, he there's four different counties. Now I don't think yeah. Waterford
1: is one of them, but neither do I. No, no, but like he, he could confuse a guard with that. Do you not know I live in four different counties? Do you not? I I actually live in Narnia, so like
0: <laughs> technically. <laughs> It's not really a place, you know.
1: <laughs> Just follow me into this wardrobe here. Just follow me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> uh, moving on swiftly. Uh Joe McWeeny says preview of the minor football game against Westmead. I suppose we didn't go into it in too much detail, but we, I suppose, what sort of preview can we give? Because it's not yeah. as if it like we obviously did a full review of the the Dublin game and had exclusive interviews and everything like that, and. That's two months ago now, so I don't know how much we can read into e- either that or or even Westmead's <laughs> performances to date either.
1: It's that long ago that it's it, they're, they're finishing it as an over forties competition, <laughs> <laughs> over seventy five star. We, don't, <laughs> <laughs> we <challenge> don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what they've done in the last forty three years. So we don't uh, to to get to this point. But uh, yeah, it'll be an interest. Look, we can't. It's very hard to preview it, um, but we'll definitely yeah. be reviewing it.
0: We, we will. Uh, Deck F. Dunn um, says, surely now people will see what Mead and the rest of Leinster have to face. And that's an interesting one, Mickey. We did already touch upon that at the start of the podcast, I think.
1: Yeah, look, it's funny because I was saying this after the game. Some of the lads were saying, look, Donegal would have got tanked by Dublin and whatever. And I would, I said, well, I don't know if they would or not because there's only a few teams in the country that Dublin would actually fear and would respect And I think that Mm. Donegal, Mayo and Kerry are the three. Maybe Tyrone, but I think Tyrone are are fading away a little bit. So maybe those three, Donegal, uh, Kerry and... um, Who was the last one I said? Um, uh, Mayo, Mayo, Mayo. So, like, I think that while, while Dublin are way ahead of the chasing pack, I think that if they were facing Donegal in that game yesterday... And we're going in three or four pints up at halftime. They would have been a little bit more cautious in the second half. But when when you've got a team that are so confident and they just don't respect—and I don't mean that in a negative, horrible way—they don't respect the lower tier teams. They just go out and they just, you know, annihilate them. Um, and do, do when you they think get from, the from from
0: from a neutral point of view, Mickey, and this is probably my meed bias coming into it, but although Calvin put up a better show. Do you think that Dublin were better in the Leinster final than they were against Cavan? I got the sense that they they, they, they probably treated us with maybe well, maybe they peaked exactly, or or maybe they, they treated us with a little bit more respect,
1: possibly or or something. Well, look, Dublin and me had played what three, four weeks previous to the Leinster final, and uh, five weeks maybe. And, you know, it was in Parnell Park and Mead ran them close and had three goal chances that they didn't take any of them. And, and coughed up a silly goal as well to Dublin. So, you know, maybe Dublin were going out and going, right, well, you know, we have to stamp our authority on this. And they did. And the most disappointing thing about that game was that Mead were in it for the first 10 minutes and, you know, were creating chances, two goal chances weren't taken or whatever. Yeah. But then just folded. And it just didn't seem to to you know, die with their boots on. Whereas Cavan did seem to die with their boots on. Cavan made it very difficult for Dublin in the first half as well and coughed up a few chances to them. So I don't know. Yeah, look, Dublin didn't put a foot wrong against me. Um, they really didn't. They were just awesome. But having haven't seen them against Cavan. I, like, Cavan finished game strong and that has been, the you know, their, their thing all year is that their fitness and their strength and conditioning it sees them through into the final quarter, and they're you know they they, they go gung ho. They were they were blowing out their house yesterday. Like come the second half, come the water break, they all needed a break. And that final quarter, they were just gassed. I have never seen a team with the athleticism of this Dublin team. And again, similar to what they did to Mead, they were tackling in threes, like absolute terriers in the sixty-eight minute the same way as they were in the first minute. And yeah. their athleticism, whatever about... Like, it's funny because they've only got a few big men. Nobody's real, like a big, you know, muscular man or whatever on that team. They're all there, don't get me wrong. They're well, they're well built and they're well-strengthened conditioned. But there's a few of them that put in the hits and slow a player down, and then the others come in and swarm. And when they swarm, it's so funny because it looks like when there's three or four fellas marking one guy... That everybody else on the pitch is marked as well they've got an, an unbelievable way of just closing up the space on the field and not leaving a spare man so look I just think they're having seen what they did to Mead and having seen what they did to Cavan. I just think wow there's some some team now look anything can happen in all Ireland final day and there will be a bit more cagey going in against Mayo but I still see them winning it by, by 7 plus points Yeah, yeah me too <sighs> Don't let winter take hold of your garden. Blow away those pesky leaves with Husqvarna blowers and keep that lawn in tip-top shape all year with Husqvarna autumn Oil. Don't stop there, the neighbours are now looking. Keep those hedges low with a Husqvarna hedge trimmer. Watch your neighbours turn green with envy as you keep your garden looking immaculate all year round. PR coin and Sons your local Husqvarna dealer have the full Husqvarna range of garden products. Visit us in-store at Clonard County Meath or call us on 046-955-1910. Shane Riley says, football is finished unless
0: something changes quickly.
1: Yeah, that's what we're talking about, I think. You know, and, uh, uh, like, it, you have to look at it this way. Uh, Dublin are a cash count for the GAA. And I know for a fact that they won't take them out of Crow park um, because it, it Dublin pay for Crow Park f- by playing their games there. they'll get 20,000 people at a game in Crow Park all the time, and it funds uh it funds Crow Park. So you know that's that's that, that's the whole thing there. So if Dublin were to you know um all of a sudden not be winning as many games, not be dominating, they wouldn't be playing as many games in Crow Park. So it's in the interest of the GEA to keep Dublin at the top. And mm. that's the truth about it, really. Stefan Connolly says, would Dublin beat the pick of
0: any other province?
1: <laughs> you know, that's a it's a really good question. You know, like and you,
0: you'd you'd have to you'd have to say that they'd, they'd probably beat the pick at Leinster anyway, I would say.
1: Yeah, they probably would. Um that'd be a really interesting uh, 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 thing to do is to pick your best team from Leinster apart from Dublin your best team from Munster your best team from Connaught, it's almost like a railway
0: team, cup except Dublin are, are their own <laughs> province
1: yeah. the railway cup with Dublin you know what I mean like yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah that's a really good point like it really is because and then uh, I, I think it'd be very hard for a team from a province to come in and beat Dublin because you'd have to be playing together and training together for a long time to become used to each other and you know that's one of the things about the Dublin team is that they just know exactly where everybody is at all times and there's a mm. there's a telepathy where they're with them and i suppose that's all from repetition and training and repetition and re- training and whatever that they know their jobs.
0: Jar Morgan says Dublin invested their money wisely into players and grassroots unlike other counties.
1: Yeah, i wouldn't agree with that now like um <laughs> well I agree that they definitely uh, they used their money wisely but they had an un- for, for, for unfair proportion of money in the in, in the beginning like you know um it all goes I back suppose,
0: to- yeah, I like I've heard today like um, let's say hypothetically you give Leitrim a million quid that's obviously not going to guarantee success or guarantee anything but Probably as you say, Mickey. It's it, and as as Jer makes the point, it's all about, I suppose, how it's invested. It yeah. doesn't really matter how much you could give any county ten million, but if they don't use it wisely or, or where I suppose that it makes most sense to use it, you're not going to get any really reward out of it. So yeah, fair enough. Dublin got a crazy amount of money, but you you do have to say that their investments were fairly spot on 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 the course of things. Now, obviously, it's probably easy to do when you're getting 15 or 16 million. You could probably blow five or six of it and still...
1: And still (laughs) still be doing the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Like they look, uh, they brought back a load of ex-county players, brought them in and coached, uh, trained them up on coaching. They sent them out, they're over all their, their county underage teams and their development squads. And then they put the GDAs and GDOs and GPOs all over their county in every club. And they had everybody singing off the same hymn sheet. So every club was getting the same training from their GDO or GPO. And they were just creating this. You know, uh, environment that players would go up and be doing the right things, and that when they go into a minor uh, development squad, that you know they've been they're given all of the all of the tools necessary to make them better players, and then as they go along, it's not a big step up from under thirteen to fifteen to seventeen to to nineteens, and then to the senior team. And look, it's just it's just mad. And then if you want to go into the expenses that the players get, like that's just criminal. Like so it is. They, they they get unvouched unvouched um, expenses, uh, you know, like they don't have to like every other uh, county team has to go in and say, well, this is my mileage and this is whatever and this is what I've spent. The Dublin players get unvouched expenses, which is just crazy.
0: I, I don't know about you, Mickey, but I'm really sick of this Dublin talk already. So uh, let's yeah. let's bring it back to the Balnabrackie and uh, I was going to say Trim f- feud. But what? The, the focus has actually turned to Summerhill now. So Simon Finn says Summerhill heading for intermediate next year.
1: Wow. Okay. So Banner, I see what Banner and Bracky are at now. They've they've won the war with Trim, mm. and now they're up senior, and they're like going, "Who's our nearest rivals? Yep. I mean, let's take let's let's take let's go gung ho for Summerhill, and uh, let's get the mind games going, and uh, we, if we win that." We we will have them relegated and, and and knock them out of uh, senior championship. That's a big statement. That is big talk. That is fighting talk for Bracky. Summerhill and Ballinabracky first round of the Oh, team. can't wait! Can't wait! To, can't wait for it. all. Oh, that'll be some draw.
0: I'm sure Clonard are hoping for it as well because that's no doubt a guaranteed game for them if if those two do come out in the, in the same. <laughs> one. Uh, Another Summerhill man not getting involved in the feud, but um Adam McDonald says Gavin McFan working in Hattons now, drinking pints of apple juice on the job. So I assume he's drinking pints of orchard thieves on the job.
1: Wow. Um if you if I could get a job like that, I'd take it. Um that's 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 brilliant. Um, drinking on the job. Whew. There's, there's is he a job out here in the wristband
0: at Christmas if you want it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know it. You know it. <laughs> we will be in the wristband over Christmas, so we will. We will. We'll be doing our quiz, so we will.
0: <laughs> not to be missed. Uh, Jamie Flatterdy said split Mayo in two.
1: Yeah, look, at this stage, you know, with the hammering they gave Tipperary today, it is not fair. Look, t- in fairness, Mayo is too big anyway. Have you ever tried to go from one side of Mayo to the other? Thankfully not, though. <laughs> oh, man, it is, it's a three-day camel ride, so it is. From the <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's the biggest county of uh, just ridiculous orders So do um, so split it in two.
0: Aaron Lidge, uh, a.k.a. Lynch, he says, Killian O'Connor is the new Mark Dowdle.
1: Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I heard that um, Killian O'Connor wears Mark Dowdle underpants. Sorry, just so. Yeah, 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 yeah and pyjamas are they, are, are they comfortable comfortable face or well, um, I don't think they I don't though. think they actually are dowdles like because that, that they'd be baggy on them then but um, like he just has a little picture of them on them yeah yeah. Oh, lovely um,
0: next one is from your club mate out in Simon Stangales Mickey uh, Shane Spinners Barry and he said Sean Tobin being called into the Mead Hurling panel
1: look I've seen Sean Tobin with a stick in his hand before. I'll tell you one thing. That man should be called in to the Mead hurling team. He's a dual star. He's a star at everything he does, my Sean. And at, at Tobes, to Tobes, before you finish,
0: Mickey, has got in touch and he just says, I could just about kick a football, never mind smack a hurl. So <laughs> I think that puts that one to bed. Ah,
1: He's always very modest, so he is our, our, our Sean. But uh, I, I'm telling you now, if he turned his hand to it, if he was asked to go and play with a hurling, he'd He'd be well fit for it, so he would. But I want to see him play with Simon Stitt next year under Colin
0: Back via popular demand is the one and only PS Tapes and, uh, like, not one of his best ones, but he's always trying to evoke a bit of debate, Mickey, and uh, he's got in touch with us to ask us which is the better Christmas movie, Rocky Four or Die
1: Hard? What do you have? Look, it has to be Die Hard. Um, Die Hard has the most references to Christmas in it that any other movie could have it, it, without being an actual Christmas movie. It's unbelievable, so it is. I see, this, Rocky it, Four. It, it, This is the gas thing
0: about it is neither of them are, are, are obviously Christmas films, but they're they're two go-to movies at Christmas. Um, we have done a poll as well, just before you, you come back in, Mickey, on this to just see what the listeners thought. And uh, yeah, 61% agree with your uh, answer of Die Hard with 39% Rocky Four. So 100 100- Die Hard, ninety-three for Rocky Four, so fairly unanimous, you'd have to say.
1: Just go back; we missed you there. We lost you for a second.
0: I, I was just saying, of the poll, sixty-one percent uh, chose Die Hard, one hundred and forty-seven votes, and only ninety-three for Rocky Four, which was thirty-nine percent. So fairly comfortable uh, victory for Die Hard, respect.
1: Absolutely, and uh, just again, you said it's it's not a Christmas movie, but. Um, It is actually a Christmas movie. The word Christmas appears 18 times in the script, which is more than the words explode, die, hard, shoot, kill, and blood, Uh, although fewer times than gun and terrorist and suddenly. So it is the uh, quite uh, you know it's uh, it, it, the word Christmas is used in that movie more than you know some of the words that you would expect to have been used. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a Christmas movie. It really is, and you've got jingle bells playing in it and everything. Like there's so many Christmas references. The only thing you don't have in it is a child sitting on Santy's lap on Christmas uh, d- d- waiting for their pre- present on Christmas morning. That's about it. No, but it's it's an adult Christmas movie. Let's just say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. That is it, Mickey Brennan. Uh, Nothing else, no. Nothing else from Instagram.
1: No problem at all. I think uh, this is a good time just to let our listeners know that on our Loyal Royals podcast this week, we will be uh, doing the We Are Mead Intermediate Championship Team of the Year which we are looking forward to for 2010, obviously. And then uh, in our 10 best series, we're going back to that. It is the 10 best since 2010 from the one and only Simonstown Gales. And, uh, you know, we've just had the two lads from Simonstown getting on to each other there. And uh, as well, just for our Patreons on the Loyal Royals podcast, uh, our Christmas quiz We'll, we're going to run it over Christmas, but what we're going to do is myself and Davy are going to speak after this podcast is over and we are going to put some dates together. We're going to put it up as a poll on our um, on our Patreon service and we're going to get you, the listeners, to vote on which date will suit you best over the Christmas period to do our Christmas quiz. And then myself and Davy will be socially distant in the RISP Inn to, uh, to, to hold our quiz our Christmas quiz. There's going to be a meat jersey. There's going to be some goodies. There's going to be some, um, maybe some wines and stuff like that. It's going to be a lovely hamper for the winning team. And if we get a few more prizes, you never know, we might have a second and third place as well. Davey, it's one we're looking forward to.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. And I think we're both busy men. So I think we both uh, agreed that we do it probably between the, the uh, the Christmas dinner and I suppose the New Year so it's, it's a good time, 27, 28. People aren't going to be doing too much and uh, they can enjoy their Christmas. Do a little bit of research, Mickey, because it'll it's going to be quite the extensive quiz um, covering all aspects of mega So people are going to have to be you know, fully prepared for this. We're going to have the top experts from mega in on it. The likes of Tom O'Connor and PS Tapes himself and and a few other really renowned uh, characters in mega circles. So people will have to be on their game for this one. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and uh, a, a little bit of advice for our listeners as well. Maybe even listen back to the podcasts again because there could be questions coming in from, from some of the podcasts, yeah. from interviews, and um, from Instagram interactive. You know, who has the most famous knees in, in 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 Mead uh, uh, from from South Mead Direction or something like that? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows, Davey? <laughs> I'm
0: really looking forward to it. I actually can't wait now.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really good. It's going to be a bit of crack, so it is, but it's going to be about, uh, about all things meet GAA, so it's one that we're looking forward to. Dave, have you anything else that you want to bring to the podcast just before we finish? I, I suppose just a, a mention of a club
0: fundraiser happening out, and I, I know there's a lot of stick that we get out in uh, this direction in Bortmean about Corton and Nulton's joining up on everything, but we are thrilled to have joined up with them uh, for a local uh, fundraiser that's going to take place. The week before Christmas, it's going to be a, a golf classic um over in South Meads Golf Club, um, just outside Trim there. Um, for the Kenny family. Um, Davy Kenny is uh, is a young man who's emigrated to Australia in recent years but had played his football with Corton. His dad actually played for Marjorie Harps for years too. So there's a, there's great ties between both clubs there and the Kenny family. And Davy's uh, run into a little bit of ill health in the last uh, last few months and everything like that. And I think the family are hoping to get over and see Davy for a visit over Christmas and into the new year. So we're, we're doing a bit of a fundraiser to try and help the Kenny family out in whatever way, shape or form. So if anybody is interested in a round of golf or sponsoring a, a tee box or anything like that, get in touch with me or check out the court on social media for more information on it. Anything at all helps. And, uh, you know, Game of Golf, I think it's the Saturday. It's actually the All-Ireland final day. It's the 19th. So you'll be out good and early and you'll be well in for, I think, the five o'clock throw in
1: between Dublin and Mayo yeah it's brilliant that the clubs are coming together and again we just want to thank our new sponsor that we have on the podcast it is of course PR coin and sons and the authorized automore dealer on uh, in Clonard in County Mead, the Huskvarna uh, guys so if you need to get and if you want to make your garden look uh, the best it possibly can, you can only go to Husqvarna for one of their auto mowers or their hedge trimmers and the whole lot. And again, we want to thank uh, PR Coin for getting in contact with us. And again, if anybody else out there wants to advertise with the uh, uh, We Are Mead podcast, just get in contact with us uh, with private message and we'll send you all the details. That's it from us for this episode. Remember, We Are Mead. why it matters more.